is going on? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. You got Matt and Tyler here, still up in Delaware. We're doing some Skype sessions, and we have a guy with us today who we are big fans of, um, a guy that's written a lot of cool songs, a really cool dude, and uh, we're very happy to have him. It's Mr. Randy Montana. Randy, how you doing? Good, man. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. We're, we're hanging in there, man. So you're down in Nashville right now. What's Nashville, Tennessee like here on, uh, on 420? Usually a day everybody's out partying. Yeah, uh, very quiet. It's a very quiet 420. Uh, yeah, man. No, I'm hanging out here. I'm in the uh, or my uh, my wife's closet. We've got our little uh, office set up in here. So nice. Um, yeah, man. No, everything's good. It's a beautiful day, sunny day. Uh, hang with my kids today, and uh, took my my middle son turkey hunting this morning, and um, man, just enjoying Monday. So. Nice. Awesome. There you go. That's great. You get to be home with the home with the kids right now. That's like one of the saving graces of of this whole thing. Like if you're looking at the positives, you you get to be home a lot with the kids, and you get to go turkey hunting a lot now. Like you have all this time on your hand. It is turkey season. Absolutely, man. It's it's been good. I mean, like there's so many ways. Like the the adjustment at first was super. It was hard to get used to when the go, go, go kind of came to a screeching halt when everything shut down. That was, you know, that was, that took some adjusting, but it's like, man, the longer this has gone on, the more uh, appreciative I've been for the time that I've gotten with my kids. You know, I, I we don't get time like this. You know what I mean? Uh, even in the summer when they're off school, it's like, I'm still working every day for the most part. And so it, it's been a great little slowdown and I'm still working from the house. You know what I mean? Like I actually in here, I, I write quite a bit in here and we kind of do it over either Skype or zoom or uh, even FaceTime and things like that. And so, you know, I'll come in here and, and write for a couple hours a day and then, um, but man, everybody's here, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's, and that's, that's a good thing, man. It's good to be around. I mean, obviously we all kind of get to our wits end every now and then with each other, but, uh, and that's what bedrooms and and uh, and cold beers for. You know what I mean? Amen to that. Absolutely. And uh, you've had a lot of success recently. A lot of big songs coming out. Um, and the ones that really come to mind. I mean, what I love about um, what you've been doing, like a lot of people when they think about like songwriters and stuff, they don't necessarily know who's writing the songs that they're hearing on the radio or that they're streaming. What you did on Spotify with making that playlist of Randy Montana songs where you can go through and look at all the stuff that's out there right now, bro, 2019 and 2020, pretty good years for you, huh? It's been, it's been good. It's, it's, it's been, it's been really good. We're, uh, it's, it's funny. You, uh, you know, as a, as a writer, you kind of, you have your head, you keep your head down, your blinders on, you know what I mean? And you're kind of just moving forward and it's the it's next song, next song, next song. But it's, it's cool to look up every now and then. And, and like you said, you look at, you look at a list, you know, of, of songs that are out and active and, and it's a pretty, it's, 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 it's cool to kind of see the fruits of your labor, um, out there, you know, people enjoying it, you know? Yeah. Is there one particular that you're like, especially proud of? Cause I know there's so many that are out there now. Is there one in particular where you're like, that's my golden child? Or is it like no. having kids where not, it's not one is your favorite. It's, it's all for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like it would be like, you know, beer never broke my heart's special. Cause that was my first number one, you know? Um, man, I, I, I have a, I love that. I wrote a song with Parker McCollum that he released called uh, Pretty Heart. And, yeah. and I don't know 
what it is about that song. I just, I love that song. And so, you know, that one, I, I, I feel like it's one of, one of your kids too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, uh, but, but, and like I said, but it's all for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like they, they've all got a special spot for, 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 for different reasons for each song, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you write with a lot of different people and that's something that I've noticed from guys that are Nashville guys, guys that are Texas guys, um, going back one of your early cuts with a guy like George Strait, like it's, it, you got like a wide array of work. And then of course, stuff that you put out yourself, um, doing the artist thing as well. So for you, um, kind of your journey, I know it says you were born in New York, you grew up in Nashville. So technically yeah. you're a unicorn, right? Do you claim being a unicorn? Yeah, man. No, it's, it's, I, I, I do claim unicorn status in that I have no recollection of living in the state of New York, but yes, I was, I was born in Albany. We moved down here. Um, we moved here when I, I had to be th maybe three years old or something like that. And so, yeah, man, Nashville's always been home and, um, yeah, man. I mean, I feel like I've seen, I've seen, this city change so much over the years. Like even from when I was started driving at 16 years old, you know, and, and just the, like there was a, there's a road over here. We're actually where I'm close to now where I live. And man, at night, if you were coming, you know, it was an intersection. And if it was past 11 o'clock, man, for the most part, you weren't even putting on the brakes rolling through that intersection. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's a, it's a big stoplight, you know, huge, like in the afternoons, you get stuck in traffic there. So just to see like the city change is, is, is pretty crazy, but yeah, I do consider it. I, I, I consider myself a, a, a Nash, a true Nashvilleian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And growing up how you grew up, I mean, having the lineage of songwriting is pretty much in your blood. Um, yeah. you being, being who your dad is and learning from learning from him and just being around where now as a, as a child, were you, um, were you like in writers' rooms as a kid? Did your dad like bring you to rights? Because I have a my one of my roommates um, in town. His name's Ethan. He's a songwriter, and he brings his son Clayton along to write sometimes. He's a little three year old, yeah. and he'll be sitting there. Did you ever have experiences like that growing up? Yeah, I mean, not not necessarily in the writing room. I remember, um, I remember one time, like we we were obviously around it a lot for like. I, like holiday parties, things like that, like through my dad's publishing company and, and all that. But, um, I remember like, I remember as a kid, my dad was in the studio. My dad, he, the reason we moved to Nashville is he got a, he got a record deal on Warner brothers back in the mid eighties. And then, um, it was Billy Montana and the long shots. It was a band. And, um, so they got, they signed the record deal. That's how we wound up moving to Nashville, Tennessee. And, um, so fast forward, he loses that deal, winds up getting another deal in, I don't know, maybe, I, I think I was seven or eight when he got it. And, um, I remember he was making a second record in that, in that record deal. And, um, I got sick one day, I got sick as a dog and I was, you know, my mom was working full time and my, and like, so there was no, I remember there was nobody to keep me. And so he had to take me to the studio. He was in the studio and they were doing vocal overdubs. And, and this is back when they were tracking on two inch tape. So it wasn't pro tools. You know what I mean? Like right. it was, it was, it would rewind. It's like, you know, if, if you're familiar with the recording, recording process now, it's, it's all digital. You know what I mean? It's like, you, if you're going to move something, you literally grab the whole track and you can move it. You can cut, you can paste, you can crossfade. It's unbelievable. But back then they were still cutting the tape. And so, um, 
yeah, I have a vivid memory of being just sick, so sick. And he, he, I remember he put me on the floor in the corner and basically gave me a pillow and a blanket and said, just lay here and, and don't, don't say anything. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but yeah, I have such a vivid, a vivid memory of that day for some reason. But I think it's because when you wind the tape back, they were working on the chorus of this song. And when they were, they would wind the tape back and start from the same exact, they start from the top of the chorus every single time. And I, and I'll never forget the top of the chorus. The, the line is, I won't deny life's been treating me real good. And, and I, it is still stuck in my head. The top of that chorus is, I won't deny, I won't deny. And if it did that twice in the day, it did it 4,000 times, like, because they were coming back and they were working on that chorus. And so I'll, I'll never, like, that's kind of, that's one of the times I remember being in the studio with my dad is listening to that, I won't deny, haunting me, still here, you know, 30 years later or however long it's been. You know what I mean? So. Yes, sir. Yeah, dude, that that's awesome, man. And you talk about how Nashville's changed. You got a lot of people at like myself. I'm originally from New York, and um, yeah. you probably hear it from the accent. I'm a, I'm a damn Yankee now because I've been in Nashville for over two years. So I've I've achieved damn Yankee status because y'all haven't I haven't I haven't gone back home yet. But yeah. um, Nat, seeing how Nashville's changed now, it's such a hub of just everything from bachelorette parties on um, on pedal taverns to craziness on Broadway, and it's. It's just weird how things, how different it must have been even 10 years ago. Yeah, because I, I moved here seven years ago, and it's changed drastically since I moved here because it still felt very much. And one of the things that helped me move here was that it still felt like a small town when I moved here. And and, and I think there is still, there's still that element where I still, it's always felt like a really big, small town. You know what yeah. I mean? Like It's always felt like a really big, small town. Um but yeah, I mean, you talk about like the downtown scene and all that. Like, I mean, I'm 30, I'm 34. So that's, you know, drinking age was, that was 13 years ago for me. And it's like, man, that downtown was, it was a different, it was a different deal. I mean, it was still, you know, like even like talk about Demombrian, uh, where like Tin Roof and all that is, it's like, dude, that was a, that was a gravel parking lot across the, across the, the street there. You know what I mean? And we would all park for free over there. And now it's, 15 story condos up and up and down. And so, yeah, man, it's like, you see the difference of, uh, how that tour is. And you talk about all the pedal taverns and things like that. It's like tourism has just exploded. And, and man, it's like, I, I got off an airplane. I got off an airplane. Maybe, uh, I don't know. This was, this was, this was in maybe February, March. And it was on a Sunday and I was getting off, it was, I was getting off Sunday morning, you know, noonish maybe right around, right around noon and I'm walking out. And so there's a whole slew of people coming to the gates and man, if it was nothing but hungover bachelorette parties, like that, <laughs> that was, they were all hungover. They were all in sweatpants. They were all carrying their pillows. You know what I mean? Like it was it, it, like, I literally started laughing out loud, man. I was like, this is a, this is a song. You know? Yeah, there yeah. it is. That 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 right there is definitely yeah. definitely a song idea. And something that we've talked about um, on here with with some different guests and stuff is like when people move to town. Because obviously, a lot of people. There's a reason we refer to locals as unicorns because there's more people from out of town coming in than there are Nashville natives. It seems. Um, 
a lot of people they when they're when they're first like finding co-writers and things like that it's people that are moving to town around the same time like something like like our buddies Gary and Charlie from Muscadine talked about like they moved to town around the same time as guys like Ray Fulcher and Drew Parker and that those were some of the early co-writers what's it like being a local finding co-writers and things like that like when you first started getting into the music process yeah it was it, it's it's that's interesting cuz i didn't have cuz i already like i, I I kind of already had it figured out where I was living. And even in college, I went to MTSU, you know what I mean? So right down the road in Murfreesboro. And so, yeah, I didn't do the whole like roommate thing. uh, Let's rent a house over, you know, off the Hillsboro road for a little while. And, and I I just didn't do that because, you know, I kind of already, I had roots here. You know what I mean? I I had places to stay and I had that kind of figured out. And so, um, like my it's like your class essentially yeah exactly yeah your class of of people and so it was it was mine was kind of like it was kind of like people that were all getting deals about the same time you know what i mean like uh um specifically it was like brett eldridge and um remember frankie ballard like we kind of signed our pub deals and record deals all about the same time kit moore you know uh we we signed our our record deals about the same time and radio toured a lot together um we were both i was on universal for for a while and um he had just signed so yeah you got those people that you start out with and it's like you all remember each other like you all spend so much time together beating it up just trying to trying to get something going you know what i mean and and uh You'll kind of always have that. I envied those guys that moved to town, though, and like did, you know, jam, you know, four people in a, in a two bedroom house and, and figure out how to make that work. And we're all chasing the same dream, you know. And so, um, uh, you know, those guys are brave. You know, it's like I, I often wonder that it's like I, my dad always said he's like, man, it was either between signing a record deal that first deal is like, I was either going to sign that record deal or I was going to buy a, I was going to buy a farm in upstate New York, which is beautiful. Upstate New York is gorgeous. Yeah. It's, 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 it's beautiful, man. Up kind of like in the Finger Lakes region. And yeah. like, I, uh, you know, you often wonder, it's like, God, if he had done that, would I have had the balls to take off and, and, I don't know. I can't answer that. If I, if I would have had the balls to ch- come down here and, and chase a dream, you know, it's like, who knows what would have happened. But I mean, it's just circumstance. But yeah, man, it's like those those guys are those guys that pack up and move to come chase a dream are man. Those are those are brave people. You know what I mean? Like they're they're brave. And, and uh, that 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 step is as hard as it is. I, I think that first step is the hardest. You know what I mean? It's like. It's one thing. It's like you look at how hard somebody works to, you know, talk about your muscadine guys. It's like, man, I love those dudes because they have put in so much time and effort on the road, uh, writing songs, making their own records, like like blazing their own trail. It's super cool, man. Yeah. It's like not many people that can say that they do it that way, you know. And um, and so like for them, it's like, like yeah, all that work. Is, is definitely hard and, and it takes so much time and effort, but like, man, the bra- I think the bravest step and the biggest step they ever took was leaving Mississippi and driving up here to Nashville and going, all right, man, we're going to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's 
starting from scratch. That's a, that's a looking at that blank page. You know what I mean? It's like, well, hell, I don't know what we're doing, but here we go. You know? And actually, so I come from the same area of the country originally that Gary and Charlie do. In fact, Gary and I played football against each other, like in high school and, uh, you know, just coming from like our area of the country to somewhere like Nashville, uh, they were more in the city than I was. I was way out in the sticks, but even so like, you know, moving up there, like, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of people are not for you for that. You know, I know that they've had a backing system and all, and they had, you know, their roots in Alabama already and Mississippi and stuff. But, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, it's not like a city where everything's possible. It's a totally different mindset of moving. So it even adds a more of a challenge to it. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And so being a local, I got to ask you, we always talk about food on here. We're big food guys. Um, and uh, for me, I'm, I'm a big like I'm a big pizza guy being from New York. But Boudreaux here, he's taken me to almost every Mexican spot in a 30 mile radius of middle of all over the middle Tennessee region and hot chicken and stuff like that. For you, where's the go to hot chicken spot being a local? Oh, dude. But I, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I am not I'm not a huge hot chicken guy. Interesting. Like I, yeah, man. I, every now and then, and it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like enough time passes by for me to completely forget. Like there's some law, there's some like psychological law. There has to be because it's like enough time passes by for me to realize just how miserable my insides were the last time I, I <laughs> Yeah, and it like there's like it's got to be a seven year thing or something. I don't know. There's it's there's got to be something to it, but it's like it, so. Yes, every now and again I will do it, and and uh, <laughs> the last time was yeah, it was awful. So I'm in that that period of where I have a vivid vivid memory of how awful it was for me. It's just like it doesn't it doesn't agree with me. It's so good. Don't get me wrong. I think it's so good. We had it at a food. We had a food truck outside of that. I don't know. There's some cool little bar. It's got a bunch of old uh, arcade games and uh, like mini bowling in there. Have y'all oh, been to that? Pins, it's the Pins Mechanical that's over yeah. like uh, I think it's near like Twelfth or something. Right by Twelfth and Porter. Yeah. Yeah. We we there was a there was a there was a uh, uh, hot chicken truck out front there, and uh, man, it was delicious. But. Yeah, not, not a good 24 hours for your boy here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've definitely been there, and that's something, being out being out on the road and stuff, um, and being a New Yorker, I've been, I've been learning a lot about Southern cuisine, and the guys, will, the guys will fuck with me a little bit. They'll be like, hey, go try chicken gizzards. Like, they won't tell me what chicken gizzards are, but we'll pull up to a gas station in Bumblefuck, Mississippi, and Gary will be like, hey, you got to get the chicken gizzards, man. It's, it's a thing. You can't be in Mississippi and not get gizzards, or you can't be in Louisiana and not get, like, boudin balls or get pig's feet or this or that, and they just love showing introducing the Yankee to all the interesting food choices of the redneck South culture. That's hilarious, man. And there are, there's so many like little niche dishes, man, that like, like I said, it's like, if you don't know what it is, like, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're not going to find out. At this point, though, he should know whenever he's getting set up because we always let him go first in line. Like chicken gizzards are like, dude, get chicken gizzards. And he, so he gets them, and then we're all like, yeah, we're going to get them too. And when we go up and we're like, yeah, we'll take the chicken finger, fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. And and the one in Mississippi, the, the first time, I, the, the one time they got me with the gizzards, I was wearing, I looked full, like straight out of like the Bronx or somewhere in New York City. I had a fitted Yankees hat 
with a t-shirt with the with the Adidas like jumpsuit pants and the people the old ladies behind the counter were like this kid ain't from around here you know like yeah. they could hear <laughs> my voice and stuff but um yeah so um so the other thing with um other thing I wanted to ask you I mean there's there's a bunch we want a bunch of stuff we want to talk to you about being being what you've done in terms of being a writer, doing the artist thing, you rewind to the artist thing back in what was it was like 2010, 2011. The um, put me in a box comes out, and a lot of people heard that when Justin Ward cut it, and a lot of those songs now. And there's one that I know um, that I'd heard about Ashlyn Craft cutting, right? Yeah, she she cut Trainwreck. Which uh, is, that's which on that same little P that we did. So yeah, dude, her version's awesome. Yeah. So what's so what was it like um, putting that project out in kind of the early days of Randy Montana, the artist? Yeah. No, I had signed to. Uh, I was on Universal Records for for a while there, and I had made a record. I had made a, a full length for Universal, which we had put like a couple singles out there and. You know, they both would they they would we put two singles out, and I had the 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 disease of thirty four or whatever it was. It would just they would both they both died at thirty four for some reason. That was my number, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so we did that project at full length, and then kind of after I came out of my record deal, I just wanted to do something else on my own, you know what I mean? And um, so yeah, so I made that put me in a box EP, and. Um, yeah. And so, um, man, I just, I put together, yeah, those are just songs that I'd love that I'd, that I'd written kind of since my deal was over and, um, you know, and, and, and put it out. And, and so, yeah, it's cool to see, like, it's cool when, when a guy like Justin hears put me in a box and, and, um, and wants to record it for his own record. I had another one on there called Rebel Kids. Yeah, I, I dig Rebel Kids a lot. Like because I remember so my my background, I was a country radio DJ up in New Jersey before moving down to Nashville. So I would like during that time period when that record when uh kind of don't care and that whole record came out and Rebel Kids was one of my favorite tracks on that record, which is super cool. So when I saw when I saw that on the list of Randy Montana songs, I was like, I gotta ask him about that one. What was the story behind Rebel Kids? Because that's a song that I really grew up liking. Thanks, man. No, no, no. Uh, just the, the if you talk about songs that are special to you, I think that one is up there. Just in as far as truth goes, you know what I mean? Like like as a as honest as it gets from me, you know what I mean? Um, and my buddy Dan Isbell too, I think we, we are kind of cut from the same cloth. And so, um, but yeah, as far as a super like personal song, that's probably it. And, and I was going to put it on that, put me in a box. Um, I was going to put it on the, put me in a box EP. Uh, but man, right after I wrote it and, uh, I demoed it and, um, uh, Luke Bryant heard it. And put it on hold immediately, and oh, I was like, shit. "Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> like it, it was. It kind of sounded like it was a. It was like, oh man, this is gonna happen, you know." And um, anyway, that wound up falling through. But then as soon as as soon as that did, Justin scooped it up and and um, and he cut that one and, and put me in a box. And so, but I'd already put the EP out by then, you know what I mean? So, um. But yeah, man, it's it's cool. Like talk about like just the, the life of a song and kind of where it starts and why it why it gets the place that it does. It's just like there's no rhyme or reason to it. But you look back at it and it's like, wow, that thing has they they take on little lives of their own, you know. Yeah, and a guy that you've written quite a bit with and have have some cuts with as a fellow writer, Jonathan Singleton. What's it like getting in a room with 
one of the one of one of the kings. I regard him as like like where the modern country scene is right now. Jonathan has a huge huge hold on how things are the way they are in terms of like what's out there. He's such a monster writer and such a creative guy. What's it like getting in a room and penning a song with Jonathan Singleton? It's an absolute nightmare. I mean, <laughs> it's an absolute, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not, uh, man. I, it's, I've known Jonathan. Uh, I think, I think we met in, uh, we met in 2008, I think and wow. 2007 and 2008. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, we were, we both had record deals at the same time. So we were both, he was on universal South and I was on Universal, and those are the uh, under the Universal umbrella. But here in Nashville, it was two totally separate companies. You know what I mean? Like it was two totally separate record record companies, but we had the same booking agent. And uh, so we were. I remember he had just he had just come off he had just come off touring with Eric Church, and I think I had just gotten done. I think I did. I was out with Sugarland and Little Big Town for a long for like six weeks or something like that, six eight weeks or something. So anyway, we had both done like these pretty good sized tours, and then they put us together to do a bunch of club, like a bunch of smaller clubs, and we we followed each other in in our in our bands followed each other in sixteen passenger vans, which I'm, y'all are familiar with. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. We we did that for oh God knows how long. And I, I don't know why I remember it, it felt like we were always in Florida and like we were always in Florida. I don't know why it went other places. You know what I mean? But I felt like we were always in Florida. And, uh, um, but yeah, so that's where I met Jonathan and, and we, we wrote some back then. And then, um, we, we, we've been writing honestly since then, you know what I mean? Like it's been more some years, less others, but like, yeah, so that, that, that relationship goes back. I mean, before we had kids, before we bought houses, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I, I remember him having his first two hits, you know what I mean? And being like, man, that'd be cool to have one day, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it like that relationship is, it's, uh, like so many, like the guys you moved to town with, man, it's like, you'll, you'll look back and go, well, that was one of the first people that I met, you know what I mean? And so, writing 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 together is pretty, it's it's a seamless thing man like i said we we've, we've been doing it for years that's i think that's why it works you know it's like you're just you're just used to being in the room with each other you know yeah exactly yeah man and i can only imagine what the room must have been like that day when you guys wrote beer never broke my heart when it was the two of y'all and luke yeah well, it was a good day <laughs> yeah that and and luke's the guy doing doing um country radio when i was doing it it was very i was doing it right around like from 2013 to 2017 so we had the pleasure of getting to know luke early on when i was doing doing that stuff up in new jersey and to see the mon see just the the monster explosion from where it started with hurricane and even earlier than that turn around the southeast to where he's at now having a cut having a few cuts also houston we got a problem on there you've got um, you've got quite a few cuts with luke and um so what's it like getting in a room with him too Man, Luke is great. One of those people, like you're saying, man, it's like, dude, I met, I met Luke kind of back before, like Luke played me that first record before it wasn't even mixed yet. It was the first mix of that first record. And my, we going back to Turkey hunting, we went Turkey hunting and we both killed a bird. Of of course. (laughs) All all good things start there. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And, uh, so we met, 
we did uh sorry not that yeah so that i mean that's that's where where he and i met and he played me that first record in my truck and and we started writing songs and um you know same with it moved on it's like we're writing all the same people writing with jonathan and and um and doing it that way man and and so yeah i mean what writing you should talk about writing beer never broke my heart and like man it, it was i loved it like so where it is now like he said it's like you know luke now you know the arena tour act you know what i mean the yeah. arena act that's selling out these places in 10 minutes and 14 15,000 people showing up and and there'd be another 14 15,000 at the door waiting to get in if if they thought they could you know and um but like you know like writing a song like beer never broke heart it's like we wrote it on on luke's bus man and and he was i remember he was parked outside of a club in um I think we were in Columbia, Missouri, because it was where I remember it was where isn't isn't the universe isn't Missouri yep. the University yes. in Columbia? Yeah, that's Mizzou. Yeah, it was outside. I remember it was it was we were outside of a bar there, and it was like a an eight hundred seat place. You know what I mean? And so I just say it to say it's like how it it looks like it was very orchestrated, like. Oh, it's going to be the beer never broke my heart tour, and and the single is going to come out in the middle of the tour. But like, man, at the time, like, he was still playing eight hundred seat rooms. Now it was headed that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was the, the 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 tidal wave was was cresting. You know what I mean? Like, but it wasn't like that was. It's just like it just it took on a life of its own, man. That guy's career's amazing it's astounding i mean it took off like a rocket ship it's unbelievable and i don't know if i'll witness anything like it up close and personal like i've had the blessing of doing for the last for the last few years you know but um yeah man i mean writing with luke is great i, I he's he's a great guy i mean like he's just he, he's just he's a good guy to be around he's yeah. he, he's fun he's funny i mean you've met him dude he's just he is who he is you know and and what you see is what you get, you know, honestly, like he, like he says on that, on that record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, so this, this question might get you in a little bit of trouble of all the co-writers you got. Who's your favorite person to go turkey hunting with? <laughs> I know that's a tough one. <laughs> oh man. Cause I know you go turkey hunt with a lot of people. I know I turkey out with all of them. I feel like I feel like <laughs> and I you, think we turkey out more than we write songs sometimes. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm sure you do. Man, it's all for different reasons. It's all different reasons. Let me think. Uh, me and Dan Isbell turkey hunt a lot together. But man, I, actually, not as much recently because he and his brother do that brothers hunt. Thing. Yeah, which they kind of have to be partners out there in the field. Yeah. So I, they're kind of nixed out because listen. So it's the last three years, right? So it's like. I have the best Luke, uh, the, the best luck with Luke Combs because we've only been once together and we both killed a bird that morning. Oh wow! <laughs> so, no, we've been more than that. I take that back. We've been a lot. We've been more than that. But we were, at one point we were one for one, both with a bird. So it's got to be Luke because we're because our our batting average is so high. That's, you know what yeah, I mean? It's a thousand. <laughs> yeah, batting average is so high. Have you uh, have you been able to harvest a bird this year yet? No, not yet. It's I've had the I don't even want to go there. It's been so frustrating, man. I've been so close, but that's the beauty of turkey hunting, though. Is like you know you get so close and there's so many chances, but like to actually be able to get one is 
you know, sometimes very rare. So, yeah, man, no. And, and I think that's what, I mean, that's what keeps you coming back. It's like, uh, it's just like anything. It's like that golf shot. You know what I mean? It's like, you can have a horrible round and then you stick one tight from like 165 out and you're like, okay, I'm coming back. You know? And yeah. You get that bird. It's like you get close and they're so frustrating. I, I forget every year how much they, how, how insane they drive me. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, like I said, I'm, I went, I went this morning. I'm going to go again Wednesday. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like an addictive feeling, like, like, yeah, like it it's is, something man. where when it's this tis the season, you got to go. And I've never been hunting a day in my life. Like, and the guys being who we're out with be working with a guy like Gary, who is all about the outdoors and hunting and very big into all that stuff. I hear about it and I'm learning a little bit about it, but it seems like some guys have been having some real good luck out there getting birds. Like a guy like John Langston posting a damn bird every other day. I know. Like what the hell? Like you I make, and, and I'm sitting over here. Like how how are people saying this is hard when like yeah. a guy when a guy like John Langston every other day is Instagrams. Oh look a bird, and then or Luke. Oh look a bird. Oh here's a bird with Ray. Oh here's a bird with newbie. Here's a bird with this. Yeah. Like who? Yeah. And and just seeing all these birds, and I guess because there's so many people out there, like it it is a lot tougher than it looks. No, every and every year's different. Every year's different. Like there was, I was laughing. I think it was it was two years ago. I think I killed two, I killed one on Saturday of opening morning and then one again on Sunday. And so it was just like, I had two in the bag the first, first two days of season and the rest is downhill. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> man, I don't care if I kill another one. I'm just, I'm, I'm good. As opposed to this year where I'm three weeks in and I still hadn't pulled the trigger yet. Yeah. So. Now, now do you hunt on public land, private land? What do you, what, how does that all work? A little bit of both. I mean, I, I got a couple private land spots and then, um, and then same with public, you know, uh, got a couple different blocks that I like to go out to and, and public sponge. There's a lot of ground to cover. You know what I mean? Those, those birds are a lot more skittish, but, uh, man, I love the, I love the challenge of, get, of getting there, getting out there after man. So if you find the right bird, it doesn't matter if you're on private or public, you know what I mean? You just gotta, he's just gotta be, he just gotta have that love and feeling, you know what I mean? And so, he's gotta think you're that beautiful girl that he's going to, have that loving feeling with. <laughs> oh yeah. It's funny though. Cause like where Matt lives and I did a summer internship, like up in South Jersey and stuff. And where I lived there, like those birds just roam free and like, they'll stand in the middle of the road and I'm just like, you, you wait till spring and it's on, but no, nah, they don't have anybody like hunting them up there. So they just literally yeah. like around the neighborhood, you wake up, you know, there's a beautiful Tom in your backyard and you're like, if there wasn't like 43 people around me right now, that would report me to the cops. You'd be mine. <laughs> i know the feeling man i know the feeling i'll drive i'll drive 45 minutes to go to a spot and then like you said it's like there's there's quite a few birds around here it's like you know my wife was taking a walk the other morning and she walked out of our neighborhood and then there's kind of a, an adjacent neighborhood up the deal and there's this time there's a big tom over there that if, if you're up there around 8 8 30 in the morning he just he stands in somebody's front yard and just hammers he just gobbles and gobbles and gobbles while I'm driving 45 minutes down the road to chase these things that I can't even get to gobble at me. And it's like, well, there's, there's one across the street hammer. It's, it's frustrating. It, it is. I used to live on Charlotte Pike and there was a flock of turkeys that would come through Charlotte Pike all the time, like yeah. up near like climb Nashville and all, you know, pretty much Metro Nashville. And you're right. just like, gosh, I wish that you were, you know, 45 minutes outside the city where I could do something about this. <laughs> They're either the smartest birds alive or the dumbest. I can't figure it out. And there's no in between. You know what yeah. I mean? 
What does your turkey call sound like? And the reason I'm asking about that, we had um, a while back, an early episode, we had our buddy Andy Austin. I don't know if you know Andy at all. He's uh -huh. a, so what he does, he's another writer um, doing the artist thing in town. But what he does six months a year, he goes out to like North Dakota and is like a hunting yeah. guide for that. So we had him do a turkey call on here. I know we're over Skype right now. What does a Randy Montana turkey call sound like? Well, I, I can't even do it. I can't do it in my mouth. My son's better at it than I'm. I gotta have the. I, I use like a mouth call, so oh, I can't, really? I can't okay. do it like that. Yeah. He's he's probably better than I am. Like my my son can make him gobble. He's got that. He goes. He does that squeak, man. And 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 like I said, that bird up the road, he'll 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 call at that bird, and that bird just hammers right back at him. <laughs> he's he just he just uses his mouth call and or his, just his mouth. You know what I mean? And that and that and then turkeys love it. They'll oh, gobble at him. Okay. I can't do it, man. I mean, oh, my, I got my you. I'm just making it up on the spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, see, I see that shows how much I know about turkey hunting. See, I know with like duck calling, I've seen duck commander and duck dynasty and all that shit before. So I know there's like duck calls. I didn't know. See, everybody, a lot of people that I know do it, like do the thing with their hands. Like I have no idea how to do it either, but I wasn't sure if you're a duck, if you're a turkey call, like actual turkey call guy, or if you make it yourself. No, there, there's some guys that can do. I, I wonder if that guy can he do like a gobble. I bet he can do like a gobble yeah, real well. Do, like he can do everything. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll send we'll, yeah we'll send you a video after this. We had like a, we had him in the studio and we we got like a video of him doing it. And it's one of my favorite videos that I got on my oh, phone. Just, just seeing yeah, it. No, yeah. I'm jealous of those guys that can do that, man. No, I gotta. I, I use little mouth calls and slate calls and stuff like that. But yeah, I was a big box call guy whenever I used to yeah. turkey hunt a lot. So yeah. Absolutely. No, I can't do that. I'm, I'm jealous of him for being able to do that. Though. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you get a turkey soon, man. Absolutely. I hope so. Yeah. No, hopefully, hopefully you get one on Wednesday with today being Monday and going out there and uh, that'll be cool. So we were talking too about um, obviously right now, everybody's kind of isolated at home and you're writing all the time. That That is your job. You are a professional songwriter. That's what you do. What's it been like doing the Zoom, Skype, FaceTime writes? Man, it's, it's been fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's so different. Uh, there's an energy in the room, um, that you don't, you know, that you don't get over Skype, uh, you know, or, or zoom or whatever we're using, but, um, it took some getting used to, I'll just say, you know what I mean? Like it took a little bit of getting, I was super skeptical at first. And then I tried a few of them, at least people that I was comfortable writing with people that I've been writing with for years, you know, and, and that that makes it a lot more a lot easier because it's like you kind of you know each other's nuances and kind of how the how the right goes and and you're comfortable you know what I mean and so uh, I, I've been getting songs though you know what I mean and 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 uh, yeah still still at least staying actively busy you know that's we're not just I mean as much sitting around as there is it's like I'm actually able to to work quite a bit from here. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got You got to just keep on the grind as best you can. Yeah. Just like yeah. we're doing with our, our little mobile rig that we brought all the way up to freaking Delaware with us of all freaking places. Um, and then another <laughs> thing, yeah. And then another thing I wanted to ask you the, um, so you do a lot of writing out on the road with people, um, where you, you were saying how, you, how you'll end up on a bus or out on the road with guys for a weekend. What's been like an interesting story, like a funny story where you're out on the road? Cause I've, I've seen you, you're out on the road. Obviously you've done stuff being out with Luke. You've done stuff out on the road with Riley. And those are two fun camps where a lot of cool, crazy things happen. What's a memory that you can share with us? Like a story about being on the road uh, for a, for a writing weekend or a writing run. Yeah. 
Oh man, I don't know. But you guys know it's like every camp's a little different. Um, every camp's a little bit different. Man, I'm trying to think of like a specific one. There's, I remember uh, writing with, I was out with Brantley Gilbert for a weekend or for actually for a week. And, uh, I didn't know Brantley at first, you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's a great guy. We had so much fun, but man, I just, we would stay up. He likes to start at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I've heard that before that he's a real late night guy. And so it just, it was, and I didn't know that going in. It was like, we got out there and the guy I was with Brock all of a sudden he's like, Hey man, you know, like. Brantley likes to start pretty late. And I was like, well, what's late? And he was like, ah, you know, one-ish. I was like, ah, dude, well, that's fine, man. One in the afternoon, that's great with me. And he goes, no, man, like more like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> I'll rock and roll, baby. Let's go. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I just remember being, we, we watching the sunrise for six days straight with, with Brantley. But uh, I can't think of any like specific – We've been pretty good. I mean, I remember buses breaking down and things like that, you know, having to having to jump off. I remember jumping off. I can't remember who we were out with. Bus broke down. We all had to get out on the side of the interstate. And and I just remember we got on the band bus and it was early in the morning, like sun was coming up and they were running two buses. And I just remember I just remember there was there was 15 or 16 people on this bus and people just sleeping everywhere. I can't even remember who we were out with, but, uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't have any good ones. I don't have any good, any, anything that I can share right here. Okay. I got you. Favorite, favorite pit stop on the road of like the, the flying Jays pilots, Casey's Wawa. What's your favorite one? Man, Bucky's in Texas. Oh, hey, yeah. man. Hey, yeah. Man. We, yeah, we've become so, <laughs> we've been doing a lot of runs in Texas recently and a lot of stuff with guys like Co Wetzel and, and Parker and just seeing the, seeing the, uh, the Texas scene and Bucky's you talk about everything's bigger in Texas. There's nothing like a Bucky's. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. It's, uh, literally, I mean, what, what can't you get at a Bucky's? It's not, let's not talk about what you can get at a Bucky's. Let's talk about what you can't get at a Bucky's. You could get your clothes for the day, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can get a, a, like a tree stand. Like you could get a shed. You could get like, I literally got a case for my like mobile podcast stuff. Whenever I go out on the road, there's like a small interface. It's like a handgun case, but I converted it. It's got the pool foam and stuff. And it was like, 70 bucks at Bucky's, but everywhere else it was like $200. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A Bucky stop on the road is like a 40 minute like addition in time. You could decorate an entire house out of a Bucky's. You, you literally can. So, my, can- my girlfriend lives in Texas and I go out there quite often to see her. And literally, like, we'll go and we'll buy decorations for the house. You know, I'll buy a shirt. I've literally like sweated through a shirt on the road and like bought a new shirt at Bucky's just because I didn't have anything else clean. Yeah, dude. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable play. Yeah, it is the top stop if you're in Texas. And I wish they had more of them. I know they have. I think they have them in Alabama, yeah, too. Yeah, they got one in Orange Beach, Alabama now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I want them to come. Could you imagine Bucky's comes to Tennessee? I don't know if we got enough room for one. <laughs> yeah, I think we're yeah. Too, yeah, I think it's too too jammed up now. And they're talking about it a water and, and they've talked about a Whataburger coming to Tennessee, which would be cool. I can- I can see that happening, and I will not be mad about that either. Yeah, are you are you big late going out late now? With I know you have you have kids and stuff, and like you're you play that you have that dad role in your life. But when you're out late, are you a Waffle House guy, cookout, or do you go downtown and go to the diner? 
Oh, man. I hadn't been out like that in a long time. But if I had, I'm more Waffle House. I always was Waffle House. Keep it classic, yeah. I There's just something about sitting down and knowing you can sober up with a little bit of coffee and get your hash brown, however the, the hell you want to get them, man. You slather, smather, smothered, smothered, covered, buttered, smothered, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you do all that to it. And, uh, and yeah, you walk out of there feeling like a million bucks. I mean, the next morning you won't feel like a million bucks, but in that moment you feel like a million bucks, you know? We've actually had a discussion on what's worse, a uh, alcoholic hangover or a, what a, or a uh, Waffle House hangover. <laughs> Yeah, I think I will take a Waffle House hangover, man. Yeah, I think I'll take a It's still different, but yeah, it's still yeah. it's definitely a hangover in the morning after Waffle House. Absolutely. It's its own deal, man. It is its own deal. Even when they were closing all the like when everything started closing for all the coronavirus stuff, like I mean, my Waffle House right up the road, that was the only one that was it was still open and I was like, well, it's it's a it's a necessary business or whatever they're called. Like it's a like you have to have it. You get and people have oh, yeah. to have that house. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is highly essential for really, sure. It was, uh, That's what I'm looking for. There's the actually a Waffle House business model they're starting. So our I was with a Christian band before I was with Muscadine and them, and we broke down outside of Atlanta one night and literally a sh- the spark plug shot through the floorboard of the bus, and it was insane. But Whenever we stopped, we like found a Waffle House, and it was at the time the only one. But now they've added a lot more. But it's a drive-through Waffle House. Genius. Yeah, like you can still go inside and sit, but they have a drive-through window, and it's like a little bit more limited like menu. But you can still get like all the essential stuff that you want. That's genius, man. That place is that place is printing money. I bet. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> A mu- that's a must stop right there when you yeah. see when you see the drive through Waffle House. So we're talking so talking about the music and stuff. Um, you had a you have a song that you had just that recently got cut and recently got put out and stuff with High Valley, the Canadian yeah. boys. Those guys are cool dudes. How do you how do you uh, how do you meet those guys? How do you know them? I met Brad. Um, I met Brad uh, maybe five years ago, four or five years ago, and um, he had just signed. They had just come actually you know what they had been in town a long time i take that back but they had just make you mine was just getting ready to come out you know what i mean and they were had some heat there and man they're such cool guys they're uh, they're ginormous dudes they're they're like big guys massive dudes they're gorgeous dudes they're both like canadian 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 tuxedos v-neck shirts yeah man (laughs) and 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 like the sweetest guys you'll ever meet in your life and then, man, you, do you know their backstory? Like, how from how far north they're from? Yeah, they're from like way north. Like, um, I don't know if you ever seen the show Letterkenny on Hulu, where it's like yeah. the country. Letterkenny's awesome. We can talk about that here in a second. But like, you think of, like that is like the sticks? They're from way up north. Like, there's oh, yeah. nothing. He was. I mean, they're they're from that area of Canada where it's like I can't remember what latitude they told me they're at, but it's like it's the 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 true like. Like during the winter, there is like 30 minutes of daylight where it the sun kind of comes up. And then in the summertime, it's like 24 hours of daylight and the sun kind of goes down for like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're from that far north. He said in the wintertime, it's like outside of any like gas station or anything. It's all diesel trucks 
and like or, or any store or anything like that is like it's so cold like they nobody bothers turning their truck off like because you can't like it'll oh, yeah. freeze up <laughs> so, like they just like leave the truck he told me that like you just leave your truck running like all winter long that's crazy that's a yeah. whole that's a whole nother level cat that's way up in the in the in the north there like and they're they're great dudes and to see what they're doing up what they've done on the on the canadian circuit and then what they've done here in the states it's it's awesome so what was that what's the story behind the behind that their uh their latest single well it's cool man i mean like when you hear it now um it sounds like we were kind of talking about this whole thing going on you know but i think we wrote that song in january and um but yeah man just sat down with, um, and I think sun came up and the river still running, kind of fell out in the room. Um, just kind of, it's like, man, everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? It's like, look around. It's like, you hear how bad everything is. And, and then you walk outside and if, if you, if you just lived on your phone or your computer, it's like, Oh my God, the world's in sky is falling. And you walk outside and it's like, it's a blue sky and the birds are chirping and you walk out. It's like, man, it's really not all that bad. Everything's all right. Yeah, you tur- know? Turkeys are still gobbling. It's still like- <laughs> gobbling, man. All the best things start there. Life is good. Yeah. So, um, so that one river's still running. That's awesome that, that you got that one out there. Um, and then you were talking about, we mentioned letter Kenny. Have you watched letter Kenny? Are you a fan? Dude, I, I can't go deep with you cause I've only scratched the surface. I think I've watched two episodes. Okay. That's yeah. a start. It, I'll tell you what it is. It is me for a while. That's like all that our friend group was watching. And we all worked as, um, we all used to work downtown as bouncers together. So we all had like the earpieces and the radios and every call, the managers used to get pissed because we would just be saying pitter patter, let's get at her or like snipes and sellies boys or every code. Or we'd say like, if there was like a fighter, there was like a kick out that we had to do. We'd say, Hey, you up for a Tilly you up for a Donnybrook. Like all of our code language was uh, letter Kenny banter. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, it took me like half an episode to figure out what was going on because it's like you said, it's like they're speaking another language. It's, it's so language. it's so dry. It's very yeah. like that British, like the original office kind of humor, like Ricky Gervais right. style. But yeah. if you're but dude, it it's a good show. We've we've watched a lot of that. It's great. I need to get I need to get back on. I just did Ozark. I just finished I love the Ozark. season three of Ozark. I'm a big Ozark fan. And then um Man, what was it? What were we all? I did Outsiders on Hulu. That was pretty good. Um, but man, like I said, I, it's like I got so many kids running around this damn house. I don't have time to watch any. Uh, any by the time when I do have time, I'm tired, so I lay down and go to sleep. So they actually I mean? on Hulu. They have one that they've came out with now that's uh, kind of a spinoff of Letter Kenny. It's like the same characters and all, but it's animated and it's called Little Kenny, and it's supposed to be like aimed at kids, like like problem solving and stuff like that. It's really cool. I actually they, watched a couple episodes. They one made night. a children's cartoon so you can watch it with your kids and it's still got pitter patter. Let's get at her and all the, all the references. It's like going back and watching SpongeBob now and seeing all the messed up things that were in like those Nickelodeon and Disney cartoons that went whoosh yeah. over our heads that were for our parents. Like that's, it's sneaking some of those in there. That's awesome. <laughs> they made a letter, a letter Kenny cartoon. They it's do it all. Little Kenny. Little Kenny up in Canada. They do it all up there. Yeah, man, there's all, so yeah, definitely check, uh, check that one out, man. So as far as 2020 goes now, we're all, we're in obviously interesting times right now. What was kind of the plan for you as far as, as far as like doing the songwriting thing and 
what your kind of plan was before all this quarantine stuff and what do people kind of got to look got to look forward to in terms of potential cuts and songs that might be coming out all the Randy Montana fans out there like ourselves yeah man no uh dude I just just writing a lot been writing with uh with Luke and with Riley and um Doing a lot of that. And then also, man, I started working with this guy, Tyler Braden. I don't know if oh, you're familiar. We're, we're, we're familiar with Tyler. So the guys in his band actually play on Broadway. And they, so we used to work at Dirk Bentley's bar at Whiskey Row. And right. um, the guys that are make up his band, Mikey and, um, Eric, and Eric and, and Dean, Dean and that whole crew, they all play in a cover band together on Broadway. So we know Tyler and his crew very, in fact, very I well. I run sound at uh, Whiskey Row still. Uh, whenever it's open and all, but I run Monday nights and they're like my closing band every Monday oh, night. So it's Tyler Braden's band minus Tyler Braden, basically. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. Well, his band's great. Dude. Oh, they're awesome. They're great. But I, but, uh, yeah, I've been working with Tyler. Um, he's, he's something special, dude. We like him a lot. He's, dude, he's that's great, a talent. Man. He is a great, great singer, great songwriter. And so, um, so yeah, I produced that. I produced his his uh, kind of newer stuff he's got coming out, and so I'm really excited about that, man. I mean, that, like I said, that guy's super talented, and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see kind of what all the future holds for that guy. Because like I said, he's got a great band, he's a great singer, and great writer, and um, the sky's the limit for him. I think you know. Hell yeah, yeah. No, we like we like hearing that, and Tyler, another. Another uh, fifty eggs, Jonathan Singleton guy too, which is really, which yeah. is really dope. And we've and we've uh, got some good friends in that camp too. One of our good buddies, I don't know if you know Jacob Lutz or not. If you've had the opportunity, oh yeah, they love Jacob. So Jacob, we we first met him when he you talk about like classes of people moving to town. When he first moved to town, his first gig in town was working sound at Whiskey Row. So we became buddies with him very early on. Him and Colton Parker and that whole crew and uh, Jake. Jacob Lutz, cool, cool dude as well. He's great, man. Super talented, and and we we haven't written a song yet, but uh, but yeah, man. I watched him play. He did a whiskey jam. Uh, golly, it was probably end of summer, maybe kind of right around there. And um, dude, it was great, man. He's just he's talented. Got that so talented. Got that bluesy kind of feel to him. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, y'all are running with a good uh, good crew of guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's a good crew of folks to uh, be associated with. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just just doing big things with your friends, you know? Like, make it... But the fact that, like, you get to work with your friends, it doesn't even feel like work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially, like, you know, with the Muscadine guys, like, it never feels like we're working on the road. It's always just a big family thing. We're all just joking around and having fun out there. Yeah, it's got to be that way. If you're going to spend that many hours in a... Uh, if you're gonna spend that many hours together in a in a van, you know what I mean. It was like yeah. I, used, I used to say it was the, it was the 24 hours for 30. Every 24 hours spent together, you got 30 minutes on stage, and it was like because man, it's it's not yeah. The show is awesome, and that's what you're all doing it for. You know what I mean? But it's like, damn, you spent so much time together before that. Hotel rooms and like I said, flying around in that van and having to. Stop at every Bucky's that you see. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, staring at granola for thirty minutes as our tour manager Lee Langston likes to say when he's trying to get us to move. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I get it, dude. I get it. It's like you better love each other. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You better be all right with each other. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. No rooms for uh, no room for egos and attitudes and and all all that shit. You know, eight guys in a sprinter van, y'all y'all packed in tight. Got to get along. You know, That's right, man. That is right. Yeah, man. Well, hey, man. Um, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate you hanging yeah. out and uh, taking the time out. Like I said, you're they're a monster writer, a great dude. We got a lot of mutual friends and look forward to, to hanging out in Nashville. Once we get back down there and, um, we do writers rounds at live Oak and stuff as well. It'd be great to get you on one of those sometime, maybe get you up there with Gary and Charlie. Absolutely, man. No, thank y'all uh, for having me today, man. This has been fun. This was really good. Yeah, dude, we, we really so much, appreciate man. it. And good luck out in the fields with those turkeys, man. Go and get you one. We'll be watching you on Instagram for when that picture pops up. I'm gonna need some luck, man, because I've I've run out of I've run out of answers. I'm out of answers. <laughs> well, you'll you'll get one soon. I'm sure of it, man. Absolutely. No, Hell we yeah. will. Hell yeah. Well, Tyler, another episode in the books, dude. Yeah, man. So, Randy, real quick, tell everybody where they can find you on like Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Um, just yeah, it's there pretty much, man. I do Instagram and and uh, Facebook at Randy Montana for both of those, and um, yeah, man, check it out. Cool, man. Hell yeah. Make sure you go check him out, and hopefully you get to see him get one of those Thunderbirds soon. (laughs) So hammered down indeed. Big thanks to Randy Montana for joining us here on this episode of the In The Round podcast. You can always check us out. You can check out Randy, of course, on his social media platforms. You can also check us out at In The Round Podcast on Instagram, at In The Round Pod on Twitter. We're moving along more with the Facebook. Search us up on there, In The Round on Facebook. You can also find us on our personal accounts, which are what, Tyler? Um, If you want to follow my life, it's just a wandering Tyler. If you want to follow my food, it's definitely food pics with an underscore in between each one. Yeah, you can follow what Boudreaux's eating. You can find me at Matt Brill. So until next time, we will see you back here on the In the Round podcast.